You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we have Utah getting a much-needed win against the Stanford Trees and looking ahead to the Arizona Wildcats. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. It's good to be back. It's good to be winning again. Before we get into the Utah-Stanford game, I want to let you know that this episode of the Utah Man Podcast is brought to you by Lyft. Now, Lyft is rapidly becoming the go-to choice for Utahns needing a safe and convenient way of getting where they need to go. I'm actually planning on using Lyft this Friday when Utah takes on Arizona. It works out perfect. You get off work, you get your Lyft, and you can head up right to tailgating. takes you right to the stadium. It's awesome. Now, due to its popularity, Lyft is in need of drivers. Lyft is currently offering listeners of the Utah Man podcast a bonus of $300 when they sign up using our exclusive code UTAHMANPOD. Signing up only takes a few minutes. Just download the Lyft driver app, put in the code UTAHMANPOD, and get ready to drive. If you're looking for an easy, flexible way to make some extra cash, driving for Lyft is the way to go. Sign up today and don't forget to use our code that's Utah Man Pod. It's all in one word. Enter that code in and you can get a sweet bonus. So Utah, man, they get a much needed win. 40 to 21. I mean, at times it was frustrating. At times it was nothing but joy. What are your guys' thoughts as Utah gets their first win in Pac-12 play this season? Well, it was a good, uh, it was a great effort. Uh, by far the best, uh, the best performance that uh, this Utah team has probably put out in a season and a half. Really, a complete performance on all three phases of the game, and it was just—it was fun football again. You know, it was fun just to watch the team have fun. And I mean, you could tell that they've just been—they've uh, been—they've been stressed. They've been—they've uh, been pressing, and uh, they haven't. As a result, they just haven't been playing their best football as of you know, so far through this season. And they really just kind of came out and just obviously the game plan, finding kind of what works for them and sticking with that. And then once they had success, it just kind of snowballed. And, uh, and and you were able to see that first half success turn into some second half success, which we didn't see the week before at Washington State. So just overall, I mean, I just come away just relieved and excited. That was just a fun football game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree. It was it was fun to watch, and I think my probably my initial reaction was a little bit of shock, just because this isn't. I mean, I think this is what we all kind of expected coming into the season to see the team perform like that on a regular basis, and up till this game, we really hadn't seen that, and. Uh, to watch it kind of unfold was was fun, but also a little surprising just because it kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, you kept, you know, I think the pessimistic Utah fan in me kept thinking, well, they're going to give it away. Something's going to happen. And, and Stanford made it made a run and made it uh, close. And and uh, there was 
you know, there were some things that uh, Utah did to counter that and ended up running away with it. But uh, overall, definitely exciting. And I think you see what the potential is with this team. And now you just hope that they can keep that going as the season goes on now. Well, and a takeaway that I had was just the performance of Tyler Huntley. He was he was the Huntley that we kind of have all expected to to see this season, and kind of taking off from where he ended last season and just being able to um, be effective through the passing game and not just a runner. And uh, you know, you look at the stats, 199 yards. You're not going to look at that and go, "Wow, he was just throwing the ball all over the field." But 17 of 21, only four incompletions on the day. And he was just efficient. You know, he was making good reads. He was accurate in those reads. And, uh, I mean, really, the only the only ball that was thrown down the field was the uh, was the touchdown late to Nakua, which was an absolute dime. I mean, that thing just, I mean, kind of off balance. He just flicked that wrist, and that thing just was perfect. But, uh, you know, and seeing that, I just think you watched him celebrate. It just seemed like he, finally he that gave him the confidence and kind of just got rid of all that frustration, all that stress that he's had on his shoulders. But really, this offense in general has had on their shoulders for the, through these first several weeks. And uh, I, I hopefully, we'll find out here, but hopefully it's going to be a big step forward for the program to just continue to build on off of this and, and perform like this week in and week out. And, and Scott, I just kind of want to echo what you said there. After that touchdown pass, you had to Nakua. I remember I, I put on Twitter, that's the Huntley that we're used to seeing on the sidelines. You know, the big the big smile, the high five and everyone. That's the Huntley that I think Utah fans have been missing this whole season. The offense in general just has not been able to kind of achieve any any real consistent success and it's really falling back on him him and the wide receivers and to an extent the o-line they've just been criticized over and over you know and they've they've made note of that in in uh in media interviews how you know the negativity or just the constant harping on the offense and so they're hearing what fans are saying and there's you know they see it too they they share those same frustrations but you know, performance like that, it just I think it just gives the whole team in general some confidence to go, look, you know, we knew we were capable of this. We've now done it. And we've done it really six out of the last eight quarters. So I, I think that's, that's the boost that they needed to really propel them into a good run the rest of the season, which, if, you know, we talked, are they out of the South race? Do they still have a chance? Technically, yeah, they still have a chance a lot of things are, are going to have to go in their favor. But if you're able to match that type of offense consistently with the type of defense we have, you know, we may be able to make a run here. One of the things that, um, that I really liked was the, I, 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 part of me wants to say the balance in the game plan. Although I think it was, it, it was balanced to a certain extent. I think obviously there was more run than pass. But I think that's how this team is built and needs to operate. I mean, Mom's carried, was averaging, I think, eight, almost eight yards a carry. And you, when he's running like that, I mean, you you've got to utilize him, and and they did. 
in 160 yards from him. And, uh, that was, I mean, that was, that was a great part of the game plan. Well, and another key to that is Armand Shine got 10 carries. I mean, he, yeah. he had 38 yards. So, I mean, it's not, you know, earth shattering that Armand Shine can like took over the game or anything, but just allowing him to have 10 carries saves Zach Moss from getting even more beat up. And we, and we know, you know, Moss is in a hundred percent. I don't think that's a big, you know, news breaking or anything like that. But getting the ball to Amarn Shine, letting him have 10 carries, something that we've been harping on, trying to get more uh, running backs in the game, that's something that I think Troy Taylor now has emphasized, at least in this game, and I hope we see moving forward, so Zach Moss can stay between 20, 30 carries uh, and, and not go overboard and just kill his body before the season's over. Part of that, I think, is that is huge. Is when Shine comes in, there wasn't a big drop off. I mean, we saw we saw the Shine this last weekend that we saw a couple of years ago. That uh, when he gets in there, he's fighting for extra yards. He's running hard. He's running guys over. And when when Moss needs a breather or needs to not as many carries to to save him, then that's what that's what you need. And that was great to see. Well, it was it was good to see him get those ten carries. My question moving forward is: Does he continue to see that many? Because probably four to six of those carries came early in the game in that first quarter when Moss kind of went out with uh, he was limping to the sideline a little bit, and uh, Shine came in and got a number of those carries immediately. Hopefully, hopefully Troy Taylor sees that you know you can spell Moss throughout the game consistently. And utilize what Shine brings to the table because I, you know, it's, it's it's not a secret he's been underutilized to this point of the season, and uh, hopefully, through whatever means they can continue to get him some consistent reps because yeah, as as you mentioned, Cam, that helps Zach stay a little bit more healthy, um, take a little workload off him, but Shine's got Shine's got starter ability. I mean, he's 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 not just a uh, a backup quarterback, or excuse me, a backup running back that, you know, you hope you don't see all that often. He's a guy that can be relied on if needs be. So um, hopefully, hopefully Troy can, can consistently use him, use him moving forward here. What, one other thing that I, that I noticed was um, they utilized the tight ends a little bit. Obviously, I think Fotheringham got uh, at least one catch that I remember. Keithy got a couple of catches and so and in, in some critical times too, they went to him on that uh, end of the half drive, which I mean, on a different different story. That was that was so unwittingham like to, with twenty four seconds to go, to try to get downfield into field goal range. But hey, it worked. Um, but I think the use of the tight end, uh, they haven't. You know, they didn't go to it a ton, but. They went to it at key at key times and picked up some first downs and and had some good plays. Uh, and I think Keithy's turned into a for a freshman. I think he's going to be a pretty good tight end. Ryan, you brought up uh, the the drive right before halftime when when Utah went down and got a field goal. I, I kind of want to get your guys' perspective because I know when it first started and I gave a handoff to Moss and just for a couple yards and then called timeout. I was livid. I was like, what are you doing? 
either throw it downfield or take a knee because that's what you're going to do, Winningham. But, wow, I mean, Winningham completely, I think, shocked everyone, even shocked the ESPN and guys on TV saying that they thought they were just going to go in the, in the in the locker room with the lead at the half. What were you guys kind of thinking during that time? Well, I think just as a program, as a fan base, we've been programmed by Winningham uh, over the years to just not expect that, to, to in a sense, not even want it. <laughs> because it's just we've consistently seen this conservative nature and uh, so, yeah, at first, my initial thought was don't, you know, you got to lead. You know, they just scored a touchdown. Don't make a mistake and give them even more momentum going into halftime. But but but, but what he did was really smart. Um, I even kind of joked about it on Twitter. You know, it was a little, uh, it was a little Herm Edwards-esque um, with his clock management <laughs> because he, ha- he had the timeouts. So... Let Moss run. Moss gets a decent a decent game. Call a timeout. See what else you can do after that. And so they were able just to continue to to gain some positive yardage. Then they take the deep shot um, down the sideline, get the pass interference, and just like that, you're in Matt Gay's range. And uh, so yeah, having those timeouts was a huge part of that um, to be able to get in field goal range, but. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a breath of fresh air. It was great to see him take that approach, and and hopefully, you know, we can kind of see those uh, moments uh, moving forward here, because because yeah, it it, it it kind of stole back that momentum from Stanford. I think it probably, as you mentioned, there it's it's very unlikely to him to do that. So. When you pull something like that, I'm, I'm sure if you're you're in Shaw's shoes on the other sideline, you're thinking oh, he's just going to kneel down, go into halftime with a with a 14 point lead, and and go from there. And all of a sudden, it's a different you know different uh, game plan, and probably caught Stanford off guard a little bit too, which which played into Utah's favor. Um, because I don't think anybody expected. I mean, I'm sitting on my couch going, yep, take a knee, go into half, you get the ball back, and you're up 14. But yeah, it was a big momentum shifter to go, even though it was just three points. It, it was huge. Really, we haven't seen this offense play this well uh, for four quarters in a game. Do you guys think that this is something that Utah fans can expect to see the rest of the season, or is this kind of... You know, a one-hit wonder. They just kind of got lucky against a Stanford team. I, I think you got to factor in who you're playing, right? Because it really depends. From week to week, you're going to have different matchups and different styles of play. So obviously, Stanford, we're 3-1 and one against them since we joined the Pac-12. We match up extremely well with them. Their style of play, the type of athletes and and that they have. And so... That's a big factor. Obviously, um, you know, Arizona, they're a little bit different. So I think I think who you play is going to determine some of that. But hopefully the confidence and the rhythm that this offense has gotten into finally, yeah, I mean, it, it looks good. Obviously, the second half of Washington State was bad. It was not what we wanted. But the first half of, of Washington State was really good. So as I said earlier, six out of the last eight quarters offensively have have been pretty darn good. 
So that, that's, that's a good trend. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of football left to be played, but I feel a lot better about things now than I did two two weeks ago. I mean, I definitely agree, Scott. I think winning kind of cures a, a lot of things, and and you know, winning helps you make makes you feel better about the team. I, I'm not completely sold um, that everything's been turned around, especially offensively. Uh, but it is nice to to kind of see the body language shift on this offensive team. And we talked about Huntley, uh, how he just looked like a different guy on the sidelines. But even just them, the the offense as a whole, their body language, as you as you see on TV, uh, standing on the sidelines, uh, coming in out of the huddle, it, it just seems different. Uh, and, and, you know, we saw that in the first half against Washington State, uh, kind of went away in that second half. But I think entirely in that whole game, especially in the third quarter when Stanford – you know, was able to kind of cut the lead against Utah, and and they had to march down and put some points up. They they did, and I think that's that's one great thing that we saw about the offense is that when they needed to respond, they did. When they needed to get that first down, they did. And yeah, they you know they they traded some field goals uh, for touchdowns against Stanford, but seeing them put drives together and getting points on the board with those drives, I, I think that's key to this offense, and and hopefully. That's what is instilling this confidence that they have that they can use going forward. Yeah, I mean, just just uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I mean, how harsh we've been on this uh, harping on this offense and just how inconsistent they looked, how out of sync, and just quite frankly, how ineffective they've been. To really, in two games, they've really kind of just flipped the script on what we're seeing and and just just the overall feel of the team. The defense is the same. It's just been finally the offense has shown up. And, and Cam, I, I, I think what you said is really the key to all this is, you know, we get a lead, we have a good lead at halftime. All of a sudden, Stanford starts making some plays. They put a couple scoring drives back to back, and all of a sudden that lead is shrunk. And it's a game again. And all of you fans, myself included, were thinking kind of, here we go again, you know? We're we're just going conservative. We're not going to be able to make plays, and we're going to put it on the defense. And uh, who knows if it's going to be enough? And the and the offense started to come through again when they needed to. When when the defense was struggling a little bit, the offense picked the defense up for a change, and they put some drives together. Some of them only resulted in field goals, but those field goal drives were huge because you drain four to six minutes on each of them off the clock and you're still adding six to nine points in the second half just off field goals so really key was just being able to consistently put drives together and not have to just punt 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 for most you know for a quarter quarter and a half of a, of a second half so that that to me is the key is just seeing them be able to bounce back when the adversity came one big key uh, to this is is Utah offense didn't turn the ball over at all. Meanwhile, the Utah defense caused four turnovers that were huge to this game, especially when the defense couldn't get stops against Stanford, and Stanford just kind of you know were able to move down the field, but they were able to move down the field and not get any points because you know turnover after turnover, a pick six. It probably wasn't the best performance overall by the defense, but man, they hung in there and, and I thought they played pretty tough. 
Yeah, they they did play pretty tough. I I was kind of surprised that the the ease that Stanford had moving the ball through the air. Um, and I know their their wide receivers, they're they're big guys. I mean, I don't think any of them were under six five. Uh, and and he and Costello throws a pretty accurate ball. Um, and some of those were right on the money, right where his receiver could catch it. But uh, it was kind of that bend don't break mentality. They they moved it a little bit between the twenties, and then they got inside the red zone. Utah came up with some key key stops to turn obviously the 100 yard pick six and then Putatao gets that uh interception which great for him that's awesome there, there probably should have been an uh another or there should have been another touchdown off of a turnover there i think uh jalen johnson would have had a scoop and score had henninger not knocked it out of his hands there but yeah the, i mean the defense they they gave up some yards but overall it was great and and Chase Hansen's having a heck of a season. The linebackers just making plays all over the field. Cody Barton's making plays. Yeah, great. Bradley and great all around game, obviously. Bradley and Knight has freaking chucked a player at the beginning of the game. That was freaking awesome. <laughs> that was, I, I honestly am surprised they did not throw a foul and just come up with a reasoning that it was too violent. Because yeah, I was expecting I mean, a flag to, uh, I mean, he he destroyed that guy, and uh, I mean, just the entire defensive line controlled that game. Uh, obviously, obviously, Stanford not having love that that helped them abandon the the running game, but they just didn't have any success running with Spates or or Scarlet most of the night. They just uh, the defensive line just shut the run down. They put pressure on the quarterback at least at least more consistently this week than we than we saw against Washington State. I'm a, I, but I do have a bit of a concern with the, the pass defense because I mean you let Stanford, who is not a passing team, throw for nearly 400 yards. Now, granted, they obviously threw more than than they ever would had uh, they been effective running the ball, but but still that that's a concern to me that. Uh, they just they were picking us apart all over the field in the passing game. Yeah, you're right, Scott. There was been two weeks in a row they've kind of been lit up through the air, and obviously Washington State. That's that's how they their offense. You expect that. You expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's two things in how Stanford operated. I think the two things play into it. Um, obviously, not having Bryce Love. Uh, I think if he if if a lot was playing, I think they run the ball a lot more. Uh, but I think they were playing from behind from the get-go. And when you don't have a running game and you're playing from anywhere from 14 to 21 points down for a good chunk of the game, then they don't really have a choice to, to throw the ball. However, they were more successful at it than I think any of us thought they might be. Well, I mean, they've got pretty much a, a receiving core of Andre the Giants over there. Everybody's like six foot eight and above. And I mean, so obviously that helps. And, you know, you got defenders who are 5'10", 5'11", that are, you know, so it's, it is a tough job by all means. But, uh, you know, that's got to that's gotta improve. Jalen Johnson wins the, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. 
And that's really majority. He did have six tackles, but more majority of that's based off of that hundred yard pick, um, pick six, which was awesome and huge. But he, he got picked on a good number of times throughout that game, got beat for a touchdown. Um, or excuse me, I guess that wasn't a touchdown, the double move, but it was a big gainer. Um, and even Blackman, uh, did not look himself, um, had some trouble in coverage, had some trouble tackling. So hopefully, um, you know, th- th- that's, that's an area that I don't think we expected to have issues. Um, but th- through those last two games, there's definitely some room for improvement in the, in the secondary. Well, I think you guys are, are dead on. I think there are a lot of concerns. But the thing that I, I do love, and granted, as was mentioned, Love wasn't playing, but the defense made Stanford go one-dimensional. And I think if they can do that, you know, looking at this week's game against Arizona, if they can force Arizona to to throw the ball and not run, I, I think that is a success for Utah, especially this defense. If you can dictate what your opponent is going to do, that only helps you have a higher percentage of winning. Yes, Stanford threw for 380 yards, but they only scored 21 points. And you can say that maybe some of the turnovers were flukes or or, or luck, but you still got to put that on the defense that while they gave up big chunk plays, they were able to regroup and come together and get those turnovers. And to me, that that's huge. One aspect of the defense where I think we saw some improvement and even some changes um, in the coaching was some adjustments made to put, put more pressure on the quarterback. You know, that was kind of our downfall against Washington State. At times, we were successful when we brought enough people but at times we were rushing three guys and giving uh, giving Washington State all day to just pick us apart. Whereas I think Scally, he consistently brought more pressure, and some of that pressure turned into turnovers and and, and some bad plays um, from Stanford. And so that I, I like seeing that, and, and I hope that's something we see more throughout the rest of the season is just attacking the quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. I think it, it looked a little reminiscent of, uh, you know, back in the Nate Orchard and Hunter Dimmick era where they they were, you know, bringing pressure and causing turnovers and, uh, and, and that was fun to see. Well, and, and, and when the offense can put points on the board and you have a lead, it allows your defense to, to be more aggressive because because the other team is down, they've got to throw it more than maybe they would originally like. And uh, so the, the defensive line, to an extent, you know, the old saying goes, pin their ears back and just go after that quarterback. And uh, you kind of saw it. All of a sudden, these turnovers just kind of started um, just flooding, uh, flooding the team, whereas we've really struggled to force turnovers. And, and you go on the road against a top 15 team and you come away with four takeaways, and that that right there is just huge in and of itself. So, you know, a lot of positives. Obviously, there's always going to be some things that need to be cleaned up and addressed. And, um, and there's enough talent in that secondary where they will be able to, to kind of shore that up a little bit. Um, but, but a lot of positives to take away. So I think that will kind of wrap up our thoughts on the Utah Stanford game. And again, a, a key win. How bad would it have been 
if Utah started 0-3 in Pac-12. So definitely a, a big win for the team, a big win for that program, and hopefully they can kind of continue what they did and what they built on and take it in uh, to this Friday night as the Arizona Wildcats come into Salt Lake. Before we take a look at Arizona, do you need some extra cash for the upcoming holidays, tuition, or just everyday expenses? You should consider driving for Lyft. For a short period of time only, Lyft is offering an exclusive bonus of $300 to our listeners when they sign up to drive using the code UtahManPod. Sign up is easy and fast. So Arizona is traveling up to Salt Lake and to Rice Echo Stadium. They're 3-3 three and three on the year, 2-1 and one in conference. Uh, their win so far, not very impressive. Uh, Southern Utah, Oregon State, uh, and, then a, and then last week against Cal. This team had a lot of promise coming in. They were, you know, kind of in the, in the three-team race to win the South. But after that first loss against BYU, they just they haven't looked like the Arizona team. I think everyone was expecting. Tate was a Heisman hopeful coming in on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and you know he's been very flat this season. Not, I mean, not to throw any a kid underneath the bus or anything because that's Scott's job. But he's been kind of flat. Uh, what are your guys' overall thoughts with Arizona? Well, I don't think it's anywhere near where the uh, preseason hype had them uh, as a team or or uh, Tate either. I mean, Tate was kind of a Heisman hopeful when the season started, and that hasn't panned out at all. And, uh, and really kind of uh, their offense, well, I think both sides of the ball aren't aren't very good. I think uh, their offense is starting to move it a little bit better the last couple of games, but you know their their defense is is really a mess. Well, this this, this is a game that I think obviously a few weeks ago, first few games of the season, we thought of just canceling a, a victory for Utah, no big deal, and and it still should be. But this is the type of game that. Utah has lost in the past. A team that's that's good, but you know, not great. And uh, whether we overlook them or whatever the reason is, you know, it seems like every season we have a game where we lose to a team that we really shouldn't. Um, Arizona, but you know, with that being said, they won three out of their last four. And even though they're not what we all thought they would be, I mean, you just look at the stats and. They've got still one of the better offenses in the, in the conference, averaging uh, just over 30 points a game, third most in the conference, um, and just you know, about 445 yards of offense a game. So, you know, they're not getting the the pub. They're not they're not the flash that we thought they would be. But it's also not a not a team that's just we can just show up and we'll, we'll cruise because we have had. Obviously, that was more of a rich rod type offense that we at times we've struggled with. But I don't think we can just expect to come in and roll. Um, we're going to have to still play a pretty good game because they, they have figured some things out. That That's a great point, Scott. They have been playing better as of late. I I think it is kind of the big question mark is Khalil Tate. You know, he's been having a nagging injury uh, with, with a leg and an ankle so it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what Utah does with him. 
he's been more of a pocket passer this season um, compared to last when you know he would just run and pretty much run around everybody. So it'll be really interesting to kind of see with that kind of ankle injury, leg injury, to kind of see what they do with Khalil Tate. And like I said against Stanford, if they can make Arizona one-dimensional and make Tate stay in the pocket and and beat you with his arm, I think I like Utah's favor in that aspect. And and really what we saw last week with the the turnovers, Utah's going to have to do that. They're going to have to get this offense off the field, get Khalil Tate in bad situations where he just throws a pick and set your offense up for Utah and allow the the Utah offense to kind of keep developing what it what it has done the last couple quarters. I mean I think Utah's gonna come in and respect his ability. I think you have to. He um he's a great running quarterback from what we saw last season. And I think uh, you're probably going to see someone like uh, Hanson probably spy him the entire game just to keep, just to make sure that uh, uh, he doesn't just start running all over the place on him and, and, and make him throw to beat you, which I don't think he's really capable of over an entire game. Yeah, we we didn't think that of Costello either. But <laughs> yeah, I guess you never know. I mean, it, it's definitely not a strength, and and you wanna you wanna uh, put any type of his focus on his weaknesses and make make him beat you with those weaknesses. And you know he'll be able to c- complete some passes by all means, but uh, he he just hasn't shown that he's a good enough passing quarterback to to really disrupt a, a game like that. But Kevin Sumlin did say today in his press conference, you know, he was talking about Utah's defense and how good they are and how they're the best in the conference and so difficult to prepare for. You know, we, we've seen through this point of the season that he they are forcing him to be kind of a pocket passer and to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. You know, being that they know they're going up against such a good defense, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you see an Arizona attack of yesteryears and just and they just try running him, maybe to keep us off balance, or if we if we don't prepare for that, I don't know. But I would not be surprised to see them maybe change some things up to try and get him running a little bit more, whether that's a surprise to to our defense or not. But he is scary back there, so you, you you do have to be prepared for his running ability. From an offensive standpoint for Utah into this game, I think there's quite a bit of opportunity for them to put some points on the board. I think um, you know we talk about Arizona's offense, and they do have some some weapons and some potential, but uh, I think this is another opportunity for Utah's offense to really step up and put some points on the board, and I think they can. If they come in with that same attitude they showed up to Stanford with, I think there's going to be some some really good opportunities to to put some drives together and finish those drives with with touchdowns. and And I think if if they do that on a consistent basis, even if even if Arizona you know finds some some areas to to exploit the defense and put some points on the board themselves, if the offense does what we think they're capable of doing or what they've showed they're capable of doing as Scott mentioned six out of the last eight quarters then should be a win either way all right so before we kind of give our score and prediction of the Arizona Utah game let's go ahead and jump into our pack 12 and 12 
And that's brought to you by Double Tree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City, 110 West, 600 South. Give them a call at 801-359-7800. And they are the preferred hotel by Pac-12 teams when they come into Salt Lake. All right, so let's hurry and run down the Pac-12 games from this past week. Washington comes away with a victory over UCLA, 31-24. UCLA, they're 0-5 for the first time since 1943. I mean, granted, UCLA, they they were able to kind of cut the lead in the third, and they got it 24-17, but, you know, Washington just took over the game from that, and really, Gaskins just ran over UCLA. They didn't really have an answer for him, especially in the second half there. Chip Kelly is not starting out very well. Well, I think uh, going winless halfway through a season uh, automatically puts you on somewhat of a hot seat. Obviously, you know he, he, uh, he he's putting in a new system, a new new culture, new everything at UCLA. And but you would suspect when they uh, even uh, even over the last several years when they've been pulling in top ten, top twenty recruiting classes that are full of four-star, five-star kids that uh, even with putting in a new system that they would uh, be able to uh, pick it up a little quicker than this. But um, yeah, it's just really going to be interesting to see uh, how quickly they can start to see some results. Obviously they did play better against Washington than they fared earlier in the season, but it doesn't matter. It's still a loss is a loss. So they still got a long way to go. Jim Morris sitting on his couch going, you fired me for this guy? I'm not even sure UCLA fans realize they're their own five. <laughs> Arizona State goes into Boulder and loses twenty-eight to twenty-one. Colorado is five and zero on the year. They haven't beat a team with a winning record yet, so I'm really not sure who this Colorado team is. I know I say that week after week. But, I mean, credit to, to Montez, quarterback in Colorado. He goes 24 of 33 for 328 yards and two touchdowns. The kid is is a legit quarterback. You know, he might be the best quarterback in the conference. And he's really carrying that offense uh, week after week. Arizona State, man, they got stuffed on the goal line uh, kind of midway through the fourth quarter. Not a good look for Herm Edwards as they try to tie the game up. Um, and then Arizona State, their quarterback, Wilkins, left the game with a, a leg injury. He he was able to return uh, and finish the game out. Uh, if that leg injury you know, keeps him sidelined for a week or two, that could be a lot of trouble for Arizona State and their CEO and Herm Edwards. Yeah, uh, Arizona State, you know, they kind of, they kind of came onto the scene this year and caught everybody by surprise, but I think they're slowly coming back down to earth. Whereas I think kind of that complete opposite is happening with Colorado is nobody gave them much of a shot and here they are at five and nine and I'm not sure how good they are either, but I think with each win that team is just gaining more and more confidence. So even if they're really all not not all that good, they think they're pretty good, and that uh, that could go a long ways to keeping them playing at a pretty high level. So it'll be interesting to see. They, they do have some tough games coming up. And uh, some some L's that looks like that would be coming uh, coming their way, but um, so far, I mean, they've done the job. They've won the games on the schedule, so uh, they've surprised me. Um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out from here. But 
you know, so far they, they may be the front runner for the South. And Washington State beats Oregon State 56 to 37. The Beavers got in front, uh, you know, a little bit before halftime and gave up the lead at halftime and then took the lead back in the third quarter, 30 to 28. Uh, but they just, they, you know, in true Oregon State fashion, they just fell apart. Uh, their quarterback Blount left in the fourth quarter with a shoulder injury. You know, they, they've had a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. And, and so Washington State kind of gets this game running away. Ryan, you called it last week. You said Washington State can lose to kind of lower teams like an FCS or an Oregon State. Mid- I was almost right. No, midway through the third quarter, I was. I thought that you had, you had called that one right, but you know, Washington State still undefeated in the conference. It's really interesting these teams, you know, Washington State of Colorado that people wrote off really early in the season are now kind of in the driver driver's seat as as we're going through the season. Yeah, I think Washington State is definitely a lot better than than I thought coming into the season. Um, and, and, you know, and having played them, we kind of see what, what they're about. And, and I think they are a, pr- a really good team. I was, I haven't seen much of Colorado and I don't, and as you said, they haven't really, they haven't played anybody with a winning record yet. So that's still kind of an unknown. I'm not, I'm not going to give the haircut the championship yet. Hey, that the haircut looks nice. That's all I got to say for McIntyre. Uh, and then the last <laughs> game of of the week, uh, Arizona, uh, who we just talked about, took Cal 24-17, but the Wildcats took advantage of four turnovers in the second half, and, and you know, two of them turned into touchdowns. So again, something, something pretty similar to Utah, where turnovers really helped uh, propel that offense, uh, but two of them into, into touchdowns was, I think, was really the difference in the game, uh, as well as Cal got stuffed on the goal line uh, in 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 the second half that would have tied up the game. Cal, no road wins in the Pac-12 in three years. You got to feel for teams like Cal and Oregon State. They just, they can't. Hey, but they want to BYU. <laughs> Good call, Scott. But, but those two teams, those two programs, they just can't get over that hump yet in, in the Pac-12. So that's kind of our rundown of last week's games. Uh, looking ahead to this week's coming game, as well as our predictions, just to kind of give... Um, a recap of where we are. Scott's leading the way, fifteen and nine. Let's not. <laughs> I'm right behind Scott at fourteen and ten, and Ryan is a very lonely nine and fifteen on the season. Ryan, I, hopefully you can break double digits this this week. Hopefully you can get to that tenth win. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a valiant effort. All right. So the first game we have Washington traveling to Oregon. Probably the could be the you know game of the week for the Pac-12. Washington's favored by three right now. Ryan, where are you going between the Huskies and the Ducks? Well, I don't know. That that could be an, that could turn out to be an awesome game. Um, we've seen Washington up close and personal, and they're a good team. Um, they haven't blown me away. They're like it's not like they're unbeatable. So. I think I'm going to go with Oregon sneaking one out of home. Scott, where are you going? You know, I am actually, I'm going to go with Washington on this. They, they haven't been playing, you know, all that well in these last few weeks. But, you know, they're a team that uh, they've just got so much experience. Um, 
you know, going into a hostile environment at Oregon. Yeah, this is a huge game. It's going to have their focus, and I, I think I think their experience is going to prove to be too much for Oregon. So um, should be a, should be a, should be an awesome game. But I'm going to go with UW on this one. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have been saying. I think this is going to be uh, an awesome game. Very entertaining. You know, Oregon coming off the bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for this Washington team. And Washington is a very, very good team. Very deserving of their ranking. But the thing I've with Washington is they kind of let teams kind of hang around uh, a little too much at times. Uh, with it being in Eugene, I think I'm going to go with the Ducks. I think I'm going to agree with Ryan on this one. And I think the Ducks get the victory. As you should. The next, <laughs> the next game we're, we're looking at, UCLA is traveling to Cal. Cal's a seven-point favorite over the Bruins right now. Ryan, who do you got in this game? I think at this point, you've, you've got to keep UCLA on the winless streak, so I'm going with Cal. Oh, baby. You know, I'm, uh, I'm either going to run away from Ryan this week or I'm going to let him back into it because I think I'm going with UCLA getting off the stuff and uh, getting their first victory of the year. They showed they showed pretty well against Washington last week. And, and Cal isn't anything uh, that great. So I'm, I, I think they get it done. Go to UCLA. Ryan, I, sw- I swear I'm not copying you, but I, I got to go with Cal in this one. I think Cal is playing better. They really should have won that game against Arizona. You know, if they don't turn the ball over four times and those turn into two you know, touchdowns that, that completely swung the game for Arizona, Cal, Cal wins that game. UCLA just has not put it together. I, I, I can't pick him at this point. I, I got to go with, with uh, Cal Berkeley. And our next game, Colorado traveling to USC. USC is a seven-point favorite. I'm actually pretty surprised by that. I did not think the spread was going to be that big, uh, but the Trojans by seven. Ryan, who do you got? Oh, I think just from the standpoint that we need uh, Colorado to chalk up a loss, I'm going to go with USC. Yeah, this this game will tell us a lot. If Colorado can win this game, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be for real. They're gonna be in the driver's seat. So I think we need them to get a loss. I mean, we we really need both of these teams to get a loss. I think I'm gonna go with uh, with USC on this. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm going with the Trojans. I wasn't very high on Daniels uh, to begin the year, but you know he he's impressed the last couple games. They're coming off a bye as well. I don't think Colorado can sneak up on USC being 5-0. and uh, So that's why I think the Trojans uh, pull it together and stick it to the buffs, and the Trojans get the victory. And then the last game that we're picking, Utah takes on Arizona. The Utes are a 13.5-point favorite right now. Ryan, who do you got? What's your score? I am going to pick Utah to win, and I think they do it in a fairly easy fashion 38-21 well if, uh, if if picking against Utah gets them uh, gets them rolling I may need to <laughs> keep uh, picking against them just uh, for the sake of the, the conference or excuse me the sake of the, the youth here but, and I want to uh, no, pass you and beat you in our game <laughs> yeah there you go there you go 
Well, if that makes you feel good, I'll, I'll take a UW uh, W any day. But I think they rebound. Uh, I'm going to rebound for them, and uh, I think I think they roll it pretty easy on this one too. I'm going to go with a score of uh, 41 uh, 21. I'm going to follow you guys. I think Utah wins this game. You know, this is a short week, and Arizona is traveling on one of those days. I think that favors Utah. You know, it's been kind of chilly in Salt Lake. It's a night game, short week. I think that breeds success for the Utes going against a warm Arizona team. So I think Utah gets the win. I, I'm kind of thinking around your lines, uh, Scott. I have Utah 40 to 30. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yes, the U-Man underscore forever. And you can follow me and the show on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can find us at our home at utahmanpodcast.com. And you can always listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere you can find a podcast, we are there. Hopefully Utah gets a big victory over Arizona. Go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be teledekayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.